growling. Made and anchoring. Hear that coho shouting. It's Dainer and Jay. All right, welcome into the walkout. Paul, your junior, Jay Morrison of The Athletic, are here with you on a day when Bengals win again. That's a, that's a that's a streak. Is that what that's called? Yeah, you can do it. You're allowed. Uh, they win on the road. You also can do that. That is allowed. So the Bengals win in Houston 37 to 31, win back to back games and on the road for the first time since September of 2018. It's just, just like yesterday. Feels just like yesterday. You know, Bengals win. That's that's a good news. I I thought, right? Like I I thought that was supposed to be a good thing because people get really mad when they would lose. And then when they win, people seem to still be mad. And then they were mad when they tied that one time. I think we maybe found the theme that people just are not really happy with the Bengals. And they do they do have a lot of losses. They they are uh, a problematic franchise. Uh, but I think people should just take a moment. It's been a rough, rough go. A rough year. In, enjoy a dub. They matter. They do matter. And if you want to root for a loss, that's that's fine. That If that's how you want to do it, then you do you, but you can't criticize the players and the coaching staff for winning and, and and saying they they can't even lose right. I mean, they've got jobs on the line, they've got careers on the line, they've got bodies on the line. You can't play this sport half speed. They're they're going out to win every single time they step on the field, and it's just the the, the criticism of of winning these quote unquote meaningless games. I just don't get. Yeah, you you're allowed to root for a loss, but don't don't criticize the players for going out there and trying and winning. When well, here's the thing, and I would even talk. I think there it's a really interesting argument because because there's a couple elements at play here for people that are saying was this good or bad, right? And people want Penny Sewell and wanted to plug him in at tackle. He's generational and and go forward, right? And and I get that. He probably is going to be a very, very good tackle, and he would look great in Bengal stripes, I'm sure of it. NFL fans, and and this isn't this is very generalized. I think and I think the entire NFL world has become so draft obsessed and so scouting culture obsessed that they focus too much on getting this guy or that guy and that pick and th- no, this is this is this is a fairly recent trend big draft culture right is just has overtaken it's bigger than the season and it is oh, it overtakes the season at this portion of it we've now seen it in multiple years because the Bengals have been in the middle of it and when you get into the the the, the losing and the changing direction for the for the good of the quarterback I, I I buy into it. It all makes sense. You need the quarterback. Franchise quarterback is great, right? The better chance you have of getting a franchise quarterback, the better chance of winning games. I would point out you look at the best teams over the last decade or the ones that are winning the Super Bowl over the last decade. You don't see a lot of quarterbacks drafted in the top three. It's not like teams aren't winning without them. But when you get into this guy versus that, there are so many great players that are drafted 
three, at seven, at 11. J.J. Watt, who was there today, you know, mid middle around. Willie Anderson was in my mentions today because he was at 10. You know, it, this happens up and down the draft. And to get up, you get up, people get obsessed about this guy versus that guy winning and creating, even whether you feel it's meaningless or not, creating some sense of validation and culture and that this is a place where you can win, even if it's meaningless. We have talked about the fool's gold of it a little bit, too. But I think it does mean something to these guys, and it certainly means a lot to somebody that's just trying to find ways to finish games and prove that they can do that and build something going into the offseason. I think that is more important than one, two, three spots in a draft order, despite what big draft-obsessed culture would say. Sorry that was so long-winded, Jay. No, no, I, I totally agree with you. And, and the the winning, it's, it, it's not just the the quote unquote like I said before meaningless win it's winning the way they won today it would be one thing to go out and just steamroll a bad Texans team and then you're you're wondering what you know what did that really prove but the way they won today to have a back and forth game to to score a go ahead a touchdown in the fourth quarter with less than two minutes to go and wonder how's the defense going to blow this one and then. Sam Hubbard comes up with the play. It was a, it was a, not a good game at all for the defense, and it doesn't matter. You you come up with the one play at the game that kind of not erases, but just it it, it masks so much else that went wrong in that game. And to finally get to Deshaun Watson and and have a, a strip sack that goes right to Marcus Hunt to to win the game with a defensive play with a turnover with the kind of play that's been lacking from this defense forever. I just think it was on the road, back to back wins. You know, first road win since September of 18, first back-to-back win since October of 18. Sam Hubbard also playing a big role in that. I just think it, it was significant in, in many ways because of not just winning, but the way they won the game. I mean, you know, you go back to the stretch of how many of those games from the first half of the season where we discussed them being one play away. Some of them where Sam Hubbard was not playing. And I'm not saying Sam Hubbard is the closer, right? He's not Mariano Rivera. I'm not claiming that. But you go back to Cleveland. You go back to Indy. And go back to some of these games early in the year, but not even discussing through a Sam Hubbard lens. You know, you go back to the the opener against the Chargers. You know, you you go Philadelphia. You know, all of these games where they were one play away, just a finish. One finishing play away from winning, and how different does everything look? You know, we we get into the, the big play in Washington where Burrow goes out, but um, you know, you still you can you can see what this can mean, and if this is sort of the sign of look, they did this with no Mixon, no Burrow, uh, no Tyler Boyd. Um, you know, you've got no DJ Reader, you no Trey Waynes, no all these guys that will be a part of your mix next year. You know, CJ Uzama, we, we talked about all the guys that are out and that are hurt. They'll count on plus to add draft picks and, and in free agency where they're in good position. And you can you can see how that can work. And I just think they need that. I think the idea of one player, you know, a couple of spots different, being more important 
then some sort of sense that they actually can do it around here and know what it feels like to go do it with these guys. I just don't see those two on the same plane. I just I, I think it's far more important, even for a person you know that really wanted Penny Sewell guy. You know, I get and I get that, but I just I don't see them on the same plane. Yeah, you just blank J.J. Watt with with Bobby Hart and Fred Johnson as your tackles. I mean, as great as Panay Sewell maybe will be, there's no there's no guarantees in in, in the draft world. Um, the, the wins are the most important thing. Worry about the draft when the draft gets here. All right, let's take a break for a quick second and hear from a sponsor. Jason Kelsey had an incredible rant on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I think it was last week, maybe a week and a half ago, um, talking about winning games at all costs is just so important and you have to have the right people that want to win games or you will never be a place that wins. That has to be the expectation every week you're going to go in. I highly recommend going and listen to that. J.J. Watt had a similar one after today's game that he just let loose on about – you know, if you don't, if you're not out there every day, caring, practicing, trying to win, then get the hell out of here. You know, and Zach Taylor's talked after the game, telling a story about the Christmas Day practice, and it's ten degrees. It's Christmas Day in the afternoon. They had to get up early and go get their COVID test. Like Alex Erickson said he came in at six thirty to get his COVID test so he could hurry up and get home and be up before his kids to do Christmas and then come back up with for a 10-degree practice in the afternoon in the season where they suck. And, you know, guys are into it. Guys care. Uh, they're trying to set themselves up to come play like this on the road in Houston, their longest trip. And I just, I do think that, me and people hate this, and I hate this. I, I just spent the last week pointing out last 98 to 2001. Year after year after year, this stuff happens. Because this happens does not mean anything necessarily for next year. But it's better than the opposite. It's better than if they were to lose all these games and, you, and you're and you facing hitting a total start over and then new players and trying to figure new things out and, and nobody thinking that this, anybody here knows how to win or even knows what that feels like. I, 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 I'm, I'm sorry, I just, that's... As meaningless as these can be, I, you know, I I do think that there is some meaning. It's certainly better than the alternative. Yeah, and I, it would be interesting to go back and look all those those years that you touched on in that piece, the, the meaningless wins. I mean, how many of those were with a without their leading passer and without their leading rusher and without their leading receiver and without stars on defense? I, I can't remember if other teams were as decimated as this one was, and. To, to come up with these wins in this situation, it it does. It it I, it, and it, it can have legs beyond this locker room. Even I mean, if this team is going to dip into free agency again heavily next year, um, the the way they finish this season, that's that's going to have some legs when it when it comes to recruiting guys, uh, knowing that it's a locker room that is is bought in with the coach, that it's a locker room of guys that are are gonna like you said go out there in ten degrees on Christmas Day and they're gonna fight to the end and it's it's made up of the the right type of people. I mean that that if you guys haven't watched it, the JJ Watt Zoom today is really something. And I mean he's without calling out names, he's calling out his teammates. Um, for the way they prepared this week. And it, you don't have that going on here in Cincinnati. Two years in a row, completely 
overmatched and out of it in December and still fighting and, and playing hard and everybody hates the try hard topic, but it means something, especially when you can, when you can turn the corner, like it, they haven't necessarily turned the corner, but like you said, it's, it's better than the opposite. It looks like it's going in the right direction. And theoretically you're, you have guys playing hard and trying hard and caring with better talent next year. Yes. <laughs> Just bottom line. I mean, that's the that's the bottom line of this is you you are going to have better talent. You're going to have better players next year and you hope that that all that combines to actually turning the corner. You know, you point out Miami where who we were talking about now who's in the middle of a, a playoff race and last year they had wins at the end of the season what was kind of a lost season for them that meant something and then they got better talent and they come in this year I think the Bengals are just they're they're turtling the re, the, the rebuild they're a year behind they're slower because it's how they do things because they're they're not going to be the quick ones to hit the button to make the deaf moves ahead of time but they're still pulling off a lot of the same stuff that you can buy into that going forward. A few topics to come out of today's game besides that general one we just ran it on a little bit. I like All right, Brandon Allen. Okay. <laughs> I mean I I got to say you know, we'd seen him play fairly well when he's had opportunity this year. I mean, he's he hasn't been the problem. He certainly wasn't the problem against Dallas when they fumble three straight times. You know, he played pretty well against Dallas. He had he had his moments against a really good Giants defense. Um, you know, and and he came in here against a bad, let's be very clear, a bad Houston defense. This is what this, by the way, is what every Texans game looks like this year. Deshaun Watson single-handedly Superman caping to try to keep them in games with a bad defense letting up points galore. This is every game. Uh, this is the 11th of their 15 games where both teams are over 20, and mo- a lot of them both teams are over 30. It's just, just what it is. Like, that's what playing the Texans is this year. Um, so there's something to that. But he also, I mean, the throws he was making down the field, I mean, darts deep down the field, taking the taking the quick hits when he needed them, really working every throw you'd want to see a guy make. The quick one to sample for a touchdown, up the seam to Erickson, up top to T. Higgins in the corner of the end. You know, what I mean, that's every that's every throw on the tree that you want to see a guy make. And as much as we have criticized their handling of the backup quarterback position. And we've talked about how many needs they have this offseason and what are you who are you gonna pay, how much you're gonna have to pay. I think they might have learned that they have QB2 in Brandon Allen, a guy that can go win you some games if you need it. He's not going to win all the games. He's not going to go beat a really good defense because he's still a backup quarterback. But when you're on an average, playing an average defense or not great defense, he can go tear it up for you and put up 37 points. I mean, it was it was impressive. You talked about the darts. It wasn't just the darts, like the touch throws. Everything he did today was was really impressive. Now, he, he didn't get knocked around like – Bengal quarterbacks in the past have I'm sure that played into it to, to let him get into the rhythm and the running game was working but you're right I we talked about this earlier how tough of a sell it will be to get a quality veteran back up in here when they they know they have no chance Joe Burrow is the guy and maybe they get a chance to play early if he's not ready um, this it, it's starting to look like this may be the best option to keep Brandon Allen here. He's already got a year in the system. Um, you know he's going to be there for Joe Burrow as a, as a support guy. It's There's never going to be a controversy. Um, Joe Burrow is clearly the leader of this team and the quarterback. And rather than going out and finding somebody 
new to, to be your backup quarterback and, and learn a new system and not get a lot of reps, it, this just feels more of a, a seamless transition to to keep Brandon Allen on board for next year. And who knows? Maybe they keep Ryan Finley too. Um, he's, he's, he's year three of his rookie contract. He's, he's not going to be expensive. Um, he's, he's not going to beat out Brandon Allen. It doesn't look like as a number two guy, but uh, I, I think, I think we learned something from Brandon Allen today and, and it's, it's that he has a good chance to be here next year. Uh, small sample size alert and uh, Houston being bad alert, but, Brandon Allen, higher yards per attempt than Joe Burrow, uh, higher passer rating than Joe Burrow, uh, higher touchdown percentage than Joe Burrow. Uh, he's 84 of 121 for 877 yards, That's and that's 69% completion. Um, Burrow, 6.6 yards per attempt. Allen, 7.2. Um, you know, again, there's some <laughs> – Joe Burrow, I bet, would have put in pretty good numbers against the Texans today. Uh, and so it's not totally fair, but it's still a team. And he still had to go do it against some other decent defenses. And, you know, while he has had some WTF moments um, for a backup quarterback, um, you know, I you'll take it. And if, the, if this is what the, he's got to offer, I think you should be – because he's not going to be expensive and you you – Keep him in the system. You've got comfort there. That only helps you even more. He's he's won the game now. I mean, I just – I don't know. For what that position needs to be, as compared to an alternative where it's going to be, okay, are you going to need a guy, right? Are you going to go out and have to spend a little extra, pay in the five, $6 million range to go get somebody who's a more, more legitimate, right? Um, is that worth it? Or can you just stay on the cheap and use that money – to really go get some offensive line help or whatever position we're talking about, um, you know, I think that's an advantage that they can they can have right there. Yeah, I mean, if he finishes this year beating Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson, I know that's getting ahead of things. We they, whoa, they whoa, still have whoa. a game, but we, we've talked about what this team <laughs> the 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 home finale in years when they have a losing record they they never lose and, and it, the the Ravens are going to be coming in here with everything on the line and. I'd be interesting to see what that line pops up as tonight uh, with the way the Bengals are playing now. Um, I'm sure the Ravens are probably going to be in the six to eight range favored, but uh, I don't know. Just the way it, it, it just feels like this team has a little something going and they're going to be loose in that game. And yeah, I, I, I'm impressed. I didn't think that we would see this type of game from Brandon Allen. Right, before we move on, let's just take a quick break. You know what this team has going, Jay? What's that? Bengal time. That's right. It's December. December Bengals, baby. I mean, you called it. We you called this on December first. <laughs> Bengal time is here. This is what they do, right? It's what they do. Um, so we've got all that going through. You know, Sam Hubbard makes the final play on day. The defense wasn't good, um, and and good for him. T Higgins. Is just is just ridiculous, and you can he is wide receiver one on a lot of teams in this league already. Um, you know what he's able to do, making plays down the field. I mean, his touchdown catch was ridiculous. Maybe his best catch of the day was out of bounds. Yes, the one where he goes over top of two dudes and gets tossed, but still holds on to the ball as he was thrown out of bounds. Um, 
You know, he, he's had a case of drops here and there, but man, can the guy make plays? Man, can he get open? And he's got some Chad to him. It's like he's a, he's like a Chad AJ hybrid, right? He's got the height mm-hmm. and some of the contested catch skills uh, of AJ, but with that with that movement and the gumbiness uh, of Chad, where he looks like him in that eighty five out there, and the touchdown catch was a perfect example. And you know, this is a guy just t- coming into his own, figuring it out. He's he's next week almost certainly going to get the rookie record for receptions in a season. He's tied now uh, with. Chris Collinsworth, um, he could cross a thousand yards, you know, in doing half of that without Joe Burrow, with that bad stretch in the middle where they just weren't doing anything offensively, you know, that's a big deal to have QB one, to have wide receiver one, to have slot wide receiver one, to have left tackle one. You believe in Joni, Jonah Williams? Um, that's a far cry from where they have been at very, very, very important offensive position so he a great day for him i mean fan just fun fun to watch him play at this point and uh rb1 rb2 and rb3 i mean if if p ryan comes back and you've got geo again and joe mixon and you're talking about all the same things we were talking about at the beginning of this year where the this offense with the the pieces they have outside of the offensive line the pieces they have around joe burrow could could be something special and it's going to be the the talk again going into next season because you're sure they're going to add some more pieces they're going to you would think boost that offensive line it's just i don't know this is this is what the this is what this time of year does uh where where you don't go into the off season focus solely on the draft your bengal fans are allowed to to think about september a little bit here too it's it's not all about where's the draft cleveland yeah, it's not all about Cleveland in in May next year. Uh, yeah, and and you can also think about maybe free agency will bring you and it's it's get the line, get the line, and and you see the rest of the pieces that are in place, and you know, I think there's been enough games to make you believe in Zach Taylor as a play caller, and that, that probably will get groans out of some people because there's been times where it's looked awful, and his record. Uh, as a play caller has not always been great, but there have been stretches and I would toss in this one. You could even throw in what they were able to pull off against Pittsburgh with Ryan Finley, mm-hmm. where you have seen his play calling do some stuff that really feels like it can be special. It, it can create something that can be a powerful offense. Um, and, He's only going to grow too in that role, which he's only been in for a couple of years, and that's part of his development as well. So, I mean, we're just we're just happy go lucky. Bang! I mean, this is the podcast we've always been, Jay. Right? Just <laughs> positivity. Uh, you know, I just um, I, I think that you there is a sunny side of the street for that. I don't know. I still I I did not see a path for Luana Rumo. And I still don't know. And today reminds you of just what we were talking about earlier with the run that they, the success they've been having defensively. They've been playing teams who were not very good on offense and a bunch of backup quarterbacks. And some of that is what this league is, right? But when you talk about, you know, the offensive DVOAs of the teams that they have been playing, where the, the defense has been having their big run, right? It was. 
you know who you know who they were, right? It's Washington down towards the bottom. It was the Giants with including some Colt McCoy time. Yeah, we're talking about Dallas who had Andy Dalton. They're all these teams, offensive DVO OA down in the bottom quarter. Miami was a little bit higher up, and they were able to get some points on you. And here comes Houston. Okay, fringe top 10 offense. What does it look like, right? Real quarterback, what does it look like? That second half was ugly. There was some bad tape out there. The the drive where they were getting carried by yes. the tight ends. There's some not there was there was some talk about lack of effort, lack of physicality, just getting bullied. I mean, that was some bad stuff out there. Um and you know, and I hate when we get into game to game judging, but at this time of year, when you're already back against the wall, you know, it, it, you can't you can't have stuff that that looks like the same old Bengals stuff there. And that is when a real quarterback was on the other team, um, you know, it it was just touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. You made the big play at the end, saves your ass. Um, but what was happening before that was was not so super. No, because that was one of the worst rushing offenses in the league, and they ran it down the Bengals' throat. And the the Texans were on tackles four and five. They had one of their starting tackles went on IR last week. Both starting tackles today leave the game. Um, that that was a bad look. It wasn't just the the piggyback rides that the Bengals defenders were taking, but there were there were massive holes there, and, and David Johnson just running through these gaping chasms. And that did they they looked good for a half, giving up. 10 points in the first half to that offense, getting stops in the red zone, which they've been really good at for the the better part of the last five, six weeks. Um, and then it all flipped. And it, I don't know, you asked Zach about this. I do think a big part of that was when William Jackson went out because they were able to really target LaShawn Sims. But that, that still doesn't answer what was going on with the run defense. And um, – Yes, they got the big stop. They got the the big play that they've been looking for forever. Um, but that is not in the same vein where we talked about last week's Pittsburgh win pretty much cemented that that Zach is back next year. Um, I, I don't nothing today says that that they are gonna stick with Lou. Um I, I still feel like that that change is the big one that's coming. Yeah. And we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. Think, things change. You, you you never quite know. I mean, Houston, they score 31 today. Um, you know, they, if you look at their last few weeks, um, you know, they'd scored 20 against the Colts, 7 against the Bears, 20 against the Colts before that, 41 against the Lions, 27-7. So, I mean, they've only scored 31. It's only the second time going back to all the way back to week five, you know, that they've, so it's not like while they have been good offensively and Deshaun Watson has been tearing it up uh, in a lot of ways, this is still more than they, this is better. This is a better output than they've been on average uh, by a pretty long shot. And you got to keep that in mind too. Um, all right. I do want to remind everybody uh, we still have our buy one gift one deal going on for athletic subscriptions. Uh, so you know what? You you never did talk to your 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 cousin, but you meant to give him a gift, right? Or your uncle, right? Uh, or that that friend that you just lost touch, but you're going to talk to him this week. Guess what? Just go in right now, buy one, gift a subscription, buy one get one free, and you've got your gifts. It's like you had one the whole time. It was like you planned on giving one the whole time. 
You get all of our coverage. We had over 50,000 articles this year, 10,000 podcasts, insiders at every single team, no matter who you like, NBA, NHL, NFL, college, Premier League, where Everton is currently number two all alone on the table at Boxing Day. First time in 16 years. Toffees, baby. You can you can read you can read our multiple Everton writers if you're if you're on board like me. Uh, so anyway, we're we're everywhere, and uh, you can get it all for buy one get one free. Very very good deal. Highly recommend getting that in before it runs out. Um, all right, well, thanks everybody uh, for listening to the walkout, an optimistic walkout. You know, if you can't if you can't just see the silver lining today. You just you just got to some days. It's been a tough time. It's the holidays. We're all under a lot of stress. You just got sometimes you just got to take the softball and swing at it and say, let's talk about what was good today, and talk about what can be good about today going forward, and just try to embrace it for that. We will rip them on Tuesday. <laughs> we'll be back on Tuesday. The regular podcast to start talking about as we wrap this year up previewing the Ravens game, the season finale, uh, and then we'll get into all our season wrap, uh, which is going to be a lot of fun to get into this year because there's a lot of decisions to be made and things to talk about. I really look forward to that. You're going to want to stick around for all of that. So thanks everybody for listening. We will talk to you next time on The Walkout. Have a good one.